On this episode, we talk about a big milestone for Windows 10, a possible casting for Mandalorian, there's an iPhone bug that's been fixed, and there might be a new headset. Also, SP's gonna round up a bunch of news that's space-related. This and more in this week's show. I'm Anthony Bachman from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven, Chris, and SP. Welcome to an all-new episode of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that Chris Farrell's here this week. And I'm going to talk like I'm on NPR with a very quiet voice right up on top of my microphone. This is how I'm going to do things. I like that, and I think that you should do that from now on for all of the rest of this podcast run, uh, which is probably only a few more weeks. Uh, that's not true. Uh, we've also got SP here, though. Hey, SP. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, you know what? Uh, we're podcasting tonight. Sorry, everybody. We were away last week. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm still getting over a cold. I was sick, and there's a few other things going on, so it just didn't happen last week. So I apologize to everybody who came on by to see us live or tried to download us afterwards. I, I, I sincerely apologize to you, but just know Chris was there in spirit. I was doing a show and no one showed up. So it was like a solo one man show that I just did by myself. So I'd stay in practice. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's get, get it out there right now. We're recording this. Uh, lots of places are on lockdown. Um, there's, if you're not on lockdown, there's probably orders right now stay-at-home mandates, whole bunch of random things going on in, throughout the world because of the coronavirus. Uh, and I, I wanted to mention a little technology thing that I had happen over the weekend. You know, lots of people are taking to doing a little electronic socialization. You know, not everybody is like us where we only have friends through the internet. That That's just not the case. Not everybody's like us, but now it's becoming the norm that is becoming widely acceptable to do that. So, couple buddies of mine on the weekend uh, decided to get together, which is really funny because we have not physically gotten together other than one of the buddies' weddings for like two years. But, you know, all of a sudden there's a stay-at-home order in place and uh, we managed to get together in like a week. So we did that on Saturday uh, and I wanted to mention a little problem that I ran into. We did this by Facebook Messenger and here's the problem with, the, with when I went to do it. I went to do it in my podcast studio here because I thought it would be funny if I showed up being green screened in the bar or something like that. And so I got it all set up. I, I did it. It took me about 20 minutes to get it all, all together. It looked terrible. It was, it was fun. And then I went to connect. By, I could only get it working in Firefox. And Firefox said, no, you can't do Facebook group call. Try Chrome. And I could not get Chrome to accept my camera or microphone. It just was grayed out no matter what I tried. I clicked the button, tried all sorts of things. So if you are looking to 
talk to your people that you know via Facebook Messenger and green screen yourself in front of a bar, uh, just know it's not going to happen. Um, you probably have more luck than me, but it might not happen. Why would you want to talk to anybody over the internet? I don't know. Uh, who, who gets together with random people on the internet? Because yeah. the courts said I have to. <laughs> it's part of my rehabilitation plan. Yeah. So anyways, I, I did the phone thing, which is, was far less fun because then it was just a vertical video there in front of me. You couldn't have put a picture of a bar behind you? I didn't have time because it was like, this was that last minute when I went to connect it because I tested it with, with, with my wife as well and everything. And, it, and then anyways, it didn't work because it was a group call. It didn't work. See, Lame. so you failed. Yeah. Have you guys been uh, doing any, anything while you've been on house arrest? My daughter tried to play Grand Theft Auto V all weekend, and the servers were unreachable because so many people were trying to get on it. The connection was okay. It was just not okay yet, the server. Ah. Uh, how about you, Chris? Are you logging on to kick some five-year-old's butts at games? No, I've just been playing some stuff on my Switch, really, and kind of relaxing, watching YouTube videos. I did see a funny meme, though, and it was uh, it was four older-looking dudes that were dressed kind of geeky, and it said, look out, 10-year-olds, the OG gamers are back now, or something to that effect. And I was like, yeah, that that's about right right now. <laughs> so it was basically us. Is that what you're saying? People of our generation who you would consider... The OGs of gaming. That's Online true. gaming, that is. Yeah. So if you've had a little stay-at-home story, something like that that you want to share, get in touch with us through any of the ways, and maybe we'll share it on a future episode. We'd love to hear how you're spending your time. Uh, tweet us at GunnaGeek or head over to our Discord at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord and let us know there. We'd love to actually have you in the Discord so we can have a little bit of chat and keep each other all up to date. But let's just go ahead now and move on to our usual geeky news discussion. Mr. Farrell, you told me that you personally arranged a casting for an up coming television series. You said you were 100% responsible for this casting. What was it? Oh, uh, yes. This is this is totally me. I, I, I'll i take credit for this completely, just like other news outlets took credit for Slash Film's uh, breaking of this news. Uh, FYI, if you read Deadline, they don't credit Slash Film at all for breaking this news. It was a Slash Film exclusive that they still have not credited to this day on Deadline's articles. So the heck with them, I say. But what is it that Slash Film found out they excuse me, exclusively learned that Rosario Dawson will appear in The Mandalorian Season 2. And not only that, she'll be playing the role of Ahsoka Tano. For those that aren't familiar, that's Anakin Skywalker's Jedi Padawan apprentice, who we first met in Star Wars The Clone Wars, and then follow-on saw her in Star Wars Rebels. It will be the first appearance of this character in live action. At this point in time, we don't know how many episodes she'll be in, anything like that, but this is super cool. Why is it super cool? Well, number one, it's a fan casting dream come true. Back in 2017, a fan had tweeted at Rosario Dawson asking her to appear in a Star Wars movie as Ahsoka. The actress actually responded back to her and said, um, yes, please. 
hashtag Ahsoka Lives, which led to a huge fan campaign getting her to asking her to play the role. She was then she as in Rosario Dawson was later asked about the fan campaign while appearing on Good Morning America, where she said it would be amazing to play the role. And now she gets to do it. This is something fans online would be like, man, Rosario Dawson would be awesome for this role. And it's happening. We have no idea how many episodes, but it's going to be pretty cool because arguably if she meets Mando and the child, she's going to be one of the first people that can understand the fact that the child is force sensitive and not some kind of like wizard or witch or whatever terminology you want to use. So it could help to fill in the child's backstory and help develop not the character, but develop what's going to happen in the future and potentially tie into some Jedi lore. I am super excited. Ahsoka Tano is one of the best characters that has come out of the Star Wars universe in many years. Completely original character. Fans didn't like her at first. They She grew on them, and then she her role expanded so much, and she's pivotal in the Clone Wars cartoons and plays a massive role in Star Wars Rebels. And if you finish Star Wars Rebels, the main story ends, but they kind of set things up for a spinoff that would be telling the story of Ahsoka Tano post-Clone Wars and post-Rebels. And depending on where the Mandalorian fits in on this, it might hint at some things that are going on in the post-Rebels world. And there are a lot of fans that have now speculated, hmm, if we're getting live-action Ahsoka in Mandalorian, maybe we get a spinoff show on Disney Plus that continues her story based off of what happens in Mandalorian and what happened at the end of Clone Wars. I am super excited. Super, super excited. This is a dream come true, and kudos to Slash Film and Peter Scretta for breaking this news, being the first ones to bring it to us, giving us something awesome leading into this weekend as everyone was on lockdown. This was just something that Star Wars fandom, which is fairly divided, was super excited about almost universally. So what you're saying, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that Mandalorian takes place in the same universe as Daredevil. Is that what I heard you say? Uh, Mandalorian takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But so they could technically occur in the same timeline, but it's a long time ago and in a faraway galaxy. I'm pretty sure you said that this is one and the same. I think that's what you just said and that you've confirmed that uh, um, Daredevil is going to continue on Disney Plus under Mandalorian. Is that what you it said? Must have, it must have been when I also said the Cybertruck was terrible because everyone tells me I said that too. Oh, you are awesome because now I can ex uh, just to extract that soundbite of you saying Cybertruck uh, is terrible. Uh, so, so hashtag fake news. Fake news. <sighs> okay, so I have not seen the... Uh, the history of this character. I have not watched... What did you, which series was it that you said? Clone Wars and Rebels. Okay, I have not seen either of those. Uh, SP, I know you have, so I will defer to you to comment on this. Well, in fairness, I have only seen the first four episodes of Clone Wars. I'm rapidly trying to catch up here, but I've only seen the first four episodes, which does have that character in it. I have seen all of Rebels. The one thing that I will say with the Rosaria Dawson casting is... I'm thinking we'll get the Ahsoka, Ahsoka, or how do you Ahsoka. pronounce it, Chris? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. So I think we're going to get the Ahsoka that is after Rebels, which is an older Ahsoka. So nothing against Rosaria Dawson, but I think it was good casting because she could play an older 
character, basically, you know, a character that's in their 40s, so to speak. She can definitely go younger, but I could see her as somebody older. So I think an older Ahsoka would be good if it was post Rebels. And I think she was a good casting for that. She's awesome. I love her on screen. It has to be post Rebels, because remember, uh, this show Mandalorian takes place post Return of the Jedi. And Rebels ends like right before A New Hope, basically like a year before A New Hope. So it has to be. But I, not to give anything away from Rebels, but there's some things that happen at the end of Rebels that you don't know what version of Ahsoka you're going to get. That is correct. But you also have at least four or five years between the end of Rebels and the end and the epilogue that they give you. OK. Yeah. So so the aging does continue properly. And plus, Ahsoka is an alien. There's no one that says she ages the same way that humans do. Wow. I you just completely silenced SB. We should write down this date and time. I was agreeing with him. I, <laughs> I what what is there else to say? I I've watched Rebels just as he does, and and if you haven't seen Rebels yet, it's a great series. I can't comment on Clone Wars. Everything I've heard about Clone Wars is great, but I haven't seen it myself, so I can't say anything from my point of view. All right. Well, I look forward to one day understanding what you're talking about. Uh, you know, I'll be at home a while now, so maybe maybe now's the time for me to catch up. If you got Disney Plus, both Clone Wars and Rebels are on there, and they are finishing up the final season of Clone Wars right now. And which is the first one? Clone Wars takes place prior to it, and it was also the series that came out first. However, okay. it got canceled when Disney bought Lucasfilm then Rebels came, did its run, Rebels wrapped, and then they went and did the final season of Clone Wars on Disney Plus. So it's okay. very confusing. Very, very confusing. <laughs> well, maybe basically, we'll... watch Clone Wars first. Okay, that's all I need to know. Is, yeah. is which watch, to watch Clone Wars first, then Rebels. It's kind of like how when you're going to watch the original trilogy, you watch uh, the first one, so Episode Four, and then you just go to Episode Six because Episode Five is garbage. Uh, is, what? Fun fact, I was out in my garage yesterday doing a brake job on my daughter's car with her boyfriend. And what did we put on the TV? Remember, I have a TV mounted in the garage now. And I put on A New Hope followed by Empire Strikes Back as we were doing the uh, car thing. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of comments about Empire Strikes Back and some of them not too flattering. Yes. You know, I have to say, I used to love it. Used to love it in recent rewatching it. Not so much. Not so much anymore. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> I feel like I need to channel my channel, my inner JS. It's uh, just not good cinema. <laughs> so the next thing you know, you're going to tell me Rise of Skywalker is better than The Last Jedi. <sighs> the Rise of Skywalker is the most amazing film in all of history. Have you actually seen it yet? In all seriousness, <laughs> I have. I have. And, okay, you know, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't remember if you had. I didn't hate it. Uh, I I didn't actually not like it. I I did like it. I just thought that it could have done a lot more. Um, like I That's I fair. actually think it gets unfair criticism in a lot of ways. I I truly do. But uh, I do think that it leaves a lot to be desired. But when you look at it in the scope of what you should expect from, based off the history of that trilogy. I, I think it's unfair to have thought it would be anything different. It's so, not so, just the trilogy, though. It's the entire nine movies, right? So, yes, that's the Skywalker the, saga that's now the Palpatine saga. It's all that. <laughs> right. So that's my issue with it is it's not a 
absolutely terrible movie, Rise of Skywalker, but it, it is not a good ninth movie in the whole thing. It, it just right. isn't. So in all seriousness, why I brought up why I brought up Rise of Skywalker, Ahsoka's voice is in Rise of Skywalker when they have that whole scene at the Very end. Very briefly, so more but yeah. More tying around. Ashley Eckstein and so uh, yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. also reprised their roles from Rebels. I just think like when you look at it, let's be honest, uh, The Force Awakens is pretty crummy. Like it's it's pretty cliche. It's everything that people were trashing on nine to do with w- should have been foreseen by seeing what they did with The Force Awakens. That's because J.J. Abrams is vastly overrated as a filmmaker. And I've said that for years, and I stand by it. I agree. And I think that uh, Star Trek is another good example of that as well. Because it got better when he left. It did. It absolutely (laughs) did. I 100% agree. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next news point here, which is all to do with Windows 10 hitting 1 billion users. Yes, apparently Windows 10 has just achieved that massive milestone of hitting 1 billion users. Now, there wasn't much that was really said to do this, uh, to do with all of this. However, there was a video that was shared by Microsoft that celebrated the milestone. And there was a little bit of a look into what we might see out of the future of Windows 10. In the video, it shows a bunch of classic elements like the classic boot screen and start buttons. But once all that nostalgia is gone and everything, there was some video screenshots and whatnot to do with Windows 10 that looked a little bit different. It's looking like perhaps there's going to be a bit of a facelift coming eventually to Windows 10 based off of these screenshots that we have there. Uh, It's going to lose some colorful live tiles and other aspects that we've kind of seen within Windows 10. But again, this is not official. There's nothing announced about this. This was just a little bit of a tease in a video. There has not actually been even any confirmation by Microsoft. So this could just be like what they're working on now and it could be abandoned. Who knows? Because as we all know, when Microsoft tried to change things with Windows 8, it didn't go over well. So I wouldn't be surprised if at the last minute they pulled out of this here. But I wanted to mention it now because 1 billion users for Windows 10, it's surprising to me given how crappy Windows 10 is. <laughs> now, was this including all of the ripped off copies that are out there? Well, I would assume so. Okay. Well, well so then that's, it's- that's like 900 million right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you got to remember is when the free upgrade thing happened, um, a lot of illegitimate licenses became legitimate. So, so while they may have been originally uh, not legitimate, I think that it, it's actually stands to reason that they are actually legitimate now once they became a hardware license because Windows, Microsoft was still... Uh, like they issued that license, so it's legitimate. It's kind of like how if you have a piece of hardware that you bought from somebody else, like a motherboard or something, and they have previously activated Windows 10, there's probably a key tied to that. So anyways, 1 billion, 1 billion, and possibly some changes coming to Windows 10. Uh, Chris, I know that you told me that you hate Windows. Is that right? I hate everything is what I tell you. Let's be honest here especially the gunandgeek.com show. 
extract that one, Stephen. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, uh, in regards to, like the design changes and things like that, this sounds fairly minimal. It's not like the culture shock we had going from Windows 7 to Windows 8 where everyone's like, what the hell just happened? I don't understand. I wouldn't be shocked if we actually do see some of this stuff, like the removal of live tiles, because honestly, they're more annoying than they are useful in Windows 10. Take them away. I don't care. Yeah. I think that Windows 10 does need a little bit of a change, possibly a major change. Um, but I think... Major change? <laughs> I think there's there's enough outstanding quirks that need to be addressed first. Like, for example, I just reinstalled Windows last week because I was having some really bizarre issues to do with my previous installation and uh, Magic's Vegas Movie Studio and a couple other weird things. So I reinstalled and I went to install my fonts and I copied all of them into the fonts folder like I usually do, but they didn't all install. I had to go into the font setting and then drag all of the ones that were only only official font, like actual font files, because sometimes there are extra ones generated, like your desktop INI or another random file here and there. I have to make sure to only select the proper font ones and drag them in, like batch dragging them, otherwise it crashed, into this little settings area in Windows 10 that said, a little box that said install fonts by dragging here. I've never had to do that before. I don't know what it is. I see all sorts of people on the internet talking about this issue. Um, and I don't know, that was how I solved it. And it was really, really odd. And that's just like another example of why, why are you making us have to do that? Why can't we just drag it to the fonts folder like we've always done? So I, I think there's enough other things that Microsoft should focus on first. That's my take on it. There's a lot of stuff that Microsoft should be looking at. For instance, Edge. All right. Is it Edge or is it Chrome? What's Edge? It's Chromium Engine. I mean, yeah, that's not unheard of. Other folks do the same thing and use the Chromium Engine. They should call it something else, though. They should call it like Kedge. But they changed the logo and they made it all distinctive and they forced it on my computer when they did it, too. Just recently, Edge showed up on there. I was like, we want to make this your default browser. I was like... No. <laughs> what we could do, though, is uh, talk about how terrible that is. And then eventually they'll come out with something else new again, like they always seem to do. Sh should we should we do that? Should we just make this the Hating the Edge podcast? You don't like you too? That would just be Chris. Yes, remember, that is my shtick. Anything we don't like, we say Chris hates. All right, fair enough. Well, I'll go to my next news point here because that was just a quick acknowledgement there. This next uh, Chris one is, hates your news point. That's true. Chris does usually hate my mm -hmm. news point. He actually usually mm -hmm. hates everything that I say. But the next thing that I want to talk about is all to do with Apple. See? Yeah. I give Windows a little bit of hate and I'll do the same for Apple. Uh, so You'll give <laughs> Windows a little bit of hate, and you'll give Apple the next half hour of hate. Fair enough. Uh, no, I'm actually not going to hate on it. I'm, I'm going to acknowledge something here. Uh, apparently, there has been a bug with the iPhone hotspot. If you didn't know this, there is a hotspot feature available on iPhones. Is that it, where I go to gamble? The hotspots? Uh, no, it's where you go to suntan. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the personal hotspot feature basically allows you to turn your phone into a Wi-Fi access point so that your Wi-Fi devices can connect to your phone and then go out to the internet. 
Well, apparently there has been a bug with some of the versions of iPhone and the hotspot feature. Some users have complained through various support threads that the hotspot feature will disconnect uh, random devices or sometimes just doesn't show up at all as an available Wi-Fi network. This is if you turn on the hotspot. Uh, Mac Rumors is just reporting that apparently Apple has told its authorized service providers to expect customers with this issue and or general data performance issue. And the company has suggested that a temporary fix of turning the personal hotspot feature on and off will sometimes fix it. So they're acknowledging this. And I hadn't heard about this. I It's weird to me because hotspot's been around for a very long time. And this is something coming up right now. So I, I guess it must be with the current generation of phones. And I, I hadn't heard about this. SP, I know that you have yourself a couple uh, newer phones. I think this generation, last generation, and Chris, you have yourself, I think, a current generation iPad. I don't know if you have LTE. So have either of you seen this? I've seen when it's connected for a while and you lock the phone back up. So it's fine when the phone's up and you have the screen up for the hotspot. But as soon as you turn away from the hotspot, it'll disconnect. So I have seen that. I had no idea if that's related to what you're talking about or if that is how it's actually supposed to activate. I do know that as soon as I activate it, that my devices like my iPads, my iPad minis, that I already have stored the information to connect to the hotspot, they do automatically connect. So there is no connection issue, but there is a drop issue after a while. And I don't know if that's like a safety thing or I don't want you to use all your data. So I want you to disconnect your devices that are connected via the hotspot. Like, I just, I don't know how it's supposed to work. I thought there was a device limit on hotspot features. I'm not 100% sure. I've never tried it on Apple. I I'd never really had. I was on my old grandfathered iPhone data plan until like six months ago, which if I used hotspot, they would lock my account out. So I've only used it once on my Android phone just to be like, oh, okay, that works. And when I don't really have a use case for this 99.9% .9 of the time, but cool, I guess it's there. But isn't I thought I'd read something at one point in time that Generally, they limit the amount of devices that can connect to a cell phone as a hotspot. I don't know. I've never had a single Apple problem in my entire life. Uh, Apple is the greatest. So I'm I'm surprised to hear you even complain at all, SP. Like, I don't know why you got to hate on such a perfect product. How much is Tim Cook paying you right now? Didn't hate anything on it. I was just giving my experience of it. And there were times that I was using it like at the cabin where we didn't have internet. So it could have been poor cell phone service too, but I would expect that the connection to the phone would have stayed in there. So like I said, I just, I don't know. I have not really used it in that way ever since. I know my daughter's used it though at school. Has she ever seen any issues? Cause I think you mentioned that she hasn't the newest of the family. She does. Now, I don't know if if she's used it with the current phone. She's got an iPhone 11 Pro. I think she used it with the iPhone 8 because we didn't get the iPad for her that was Wi-Fi enabled or we didn't buy the plan with it. It might be Wi-Fi enabled and we just don't have the plan with it. But she used her phone to connect to it when she wasn't within Wi-Fi and, and Wi-Fi is everywhere in school. So 
it's few and far between that she's actually using it like that. And I don't remember her complaining about that. The only thing she complained about was the battery on her iPhone 8 was going. That's why we got her the iPhone 11 Pro. And hot spotting is not easy on the battery from reviews I've read. It's pretty brutal. Hey, the phone gets pretty hot. Yeah. Well, as a dedicated Apple user, I hate to see Apple get uh, any negative press that it may not deserve. So uh, Apple, go ahead and send me an iPhone 11 Pro Max if you'd like, and I'll give it a bit of a test and see how it all works out. Uh, you know, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to you. You know they're going to send you the 64 gigabyte version. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Still a free iPhone. Oh, wait, it's not, it's not Google. It doesn't have Google Photos or anything like that. Oh, no. No, I'd have to subscribe. Uh, actually, I can't make that comment anymore. You have to subscribe now with the newer pixels as well. All right, let's move on to headset discussion. I heard that if you are in the market right now to get out of your house, uh, you can't. And so you might want to get yourself a headset of some form. So some of us have headsets that are discontinued, like Chris and I. And apparently the fact that most headsets had failed wasn't enough to stop Hewlett Packard, right? Yes, this is the new USB headset that is perfect for podcasting we're talking about. <gasps> Just like the old Logitech one that everyone said you could use for podcasting. Don't do it. No, in all seriousness, this is not that kind of headset, but HP is teasing a follow-up to its Reverb virtual reality headset made in collaboration with both, both Microsoft and Valve. The announcement coincides. Wow, I can't speak today. The announcement coincides with Valve's release of how. You, you know, Sorry. You, should, you, should, you know what it is. The fact that you hate it so much, you're you're <laughs> like you know, it's thrown off your game because you're usually such a positive guy. Now there you go. I'm so so friggin' positive. I'm the most positive of everyone. Continue. Right. Yes. <laughs> so let me let me go back to the start here. HP is teasing a follow-up to its Reverb virtual reality headset. This is made in collaboration with both Microsoft and Valve. Why is Valve familiar? It's the guys, you know, that make games that sell for boatloads on Steam. This announcement coincides with Valve's release of Half-Life Alex, which is the year's most anticipated VR game. There's little detail provided so far, but HP's website calls it a new headset that is, quote, a more immersive, comfortable, and compatible experience, end quote, than the Reverb. An email from the company called it a no-compromise VR headset. I don't know what that means, guys, but that's great buzzwords, I suppose. Uh, the $599 Reverb was part of Microsoft's Windows Mixed Reality lineup. It was known for its high-resolution screen. HP's reference to a new standard in VR suggests it's not competing with the cheap devices like the $400 Oculus Rift S, but it might not cost as much as the $999 Index that's coming out. So... There looks like they're putting something out in the middle. We don't know a ton yet. Honestly, I didn't realize that VR was still as big as it seemingly is if they're throwing their hat back in the ring. I don't have a machine that'll run it. My PlayStation 4, I guess, would run PlayStation VR. I just don't want to run the cables out of my entertainment center into my living room. And maybe I'm just old and curmudgeonly now where I go, VR, I don't get it. But I guess it's cool they're putting something else out. I'm curious to see what it does, how it shapes the virtual reality community. Is it a great competitor to Oculus Rift, the Oculus S, and all of these other devices that are coming out? I have no idea, but competition's good, so let's see what they got. Okay, so you and I both own a um, 
the heck was it called? The Google the Daydream. The Google Daydream. Daydream, yes. We both own that. And I, I think we both had a similar experience. We probably can count on both hands the amount of times that we used it, right? Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to like it. I really wanted to like the idea. Uh, I thought there was some good opportunity with it. It was fun a few times, but I'm I'm not getting the headset. I just don't get it. Like, and and I don't think this is a new question mark either, because I remember one of the coolest things that I did when I was a kid with video games was my brother, my dad, and I all went down to the mall. And they had set up a virtual reality booth in the mall. And we got to put on the headset and play Duke Nukem with VR. I was did you a young... Go down to, did you go down to the mall with Robin Sparkles? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, so anyways, we, we, uh, no, we went, went to the mall, did this. And this was a long, long time ago. Like I said, Duke Nukem. And VR hasn't taken off all of these years. Why, why are we still trying to make it go? I don't get because it. Because it's a way to make people buy new hardware, both the headsets and new hardware in regards to PCs and things like that. Because you have to have PCs that are pretty hardy and gamer ready in a lot of cases to run VR. And it's interesting to see how the companies are positioning themselves. The PC market, we've got all sorts of different things. Sony put out the PlayStation VR. You're not going to see anything like that for the Switch. It's not powerful enough. And Microsoft has basically said, yeah, we don't care. They didn't put anything out for the Xbox One. They were asked about it in regards to the Xbox Series X. And they said, yeah, we don't have any VR plans right now. So it's interesting. Maybe this is something they pivot and say, hey, we're going to make this work with the Series X and it's competitor to PSVR later down the road. I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm old. I've become enough of a casual gamer that the thought of having to hook up a headset with a bunch of cables and string everything up for 10, 15 minutes just to play a game for a half hour makes me go, ugh, this sounds like a pain in the butt. There's a yeah. lot of people at work that have been talking about it. I just haven't expressed any interest in it. But yeah, VR is a talk around the office. And these, this is older guys. I work with older guys. There's some young ones around, but the older guys were the ones that were talking about their VR sets. And there's your marker that it's a failure when the older men are interested in it. So Willie Nelson, who does all things good and nerdy with me, he has the PlayStation VR. He's a big advocate for it. He's had a lot of fun with it. But kind of what he's run into now is there's not a ton of games out for it where he's like, oh my God, I have to pick this up to be able to play it. There's some stuff that really intrigues me, like the Star Trek Bridge Commander game. Sounds like it'd be really fun on there. Plus, it was also a PC game back in the day. And then there's also a game called Super Hot that I have played the console version of that is also in VR that I think would be really cool, but not enough for me to say I'm going to spend the, I think, 250 bucks it is, something like that for PSVR to hook that up and play it, let alone what the VRs cost for PC setups, where it seems like the cheapest is 400 right now. That's the thing. That's why I don't know that the VR model really works is because the coolest thing that I did with the VR was watching some videos and one of them was a Star Trek video like going oh like you know like you're in a shuttle going between enterprises right and mm -hmm. that was a cool thing to do but for me like there was no games that really made me interested in playing more and even if it was I I would be I'd have to wonder like what would the draw be that I'd want to play that as opposed to 
just playing on my console or whatever. So I, right. I, I don't know that the VR gaming, like that gaming is the future of VR if there's going to be VR. I don't know. But now I sound like Chris Farrell hating on it. Keep hating. It keeps you strong. <laughs> and the last news point that we want to mention right now is more than a news point. In fact, if you've been following along and you've been like, hey, wait a minute. SP hasn't given a news point yet. What's going on? I wait just to hear SP give his news. Well, we saved the best for last because we're dubbing this SP's Space News Symposium because he's got several space news points today, largely to do with Windows 10 being updated to show a VR video of Rosario Dawson in Mando uh, being streamed to another device in outer space by an iPhone hotspot, right? That, that was a hell of a reach. <laughs> no, no, that that's not what's happening at all. Matter of fact, the only update I know is actually in the big radio telescope dish that is communicating with Voyager 2. It's undergoing a six month rehab right now. And so we're not talking to Voyager 2 right now as the main dish that communicates with Voyager 2 is down. So that is going to be a big upgrade. The dish hasn't been upgraded for decades, so it's going to be good. I've been uh, re-watching Star Trek Voyager season one. Terrible. Oh, there's some good spots. No. Season one? Yeah. No. Tom Paris. When he season broke one? the warp 13 barrier and that had weird alligator babies. No, that wasn't season one. Oh, I'm sorry. It all nope. kind of blurs together the world of poop. But Tom Paris, he was a bad boy, right? He was, but... It I guess, I guess he was okay there, but I, I don't know. I see. I uh, season one is nearly irredeemable. Uh, just, just watch Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Kate Mulgrew. I mean, she's good. She was good, actually. Avery Brooks, the best Star Trek captain, neither here nor there, but Cisco's the best. Okay, is he the best so, captain? Anyways, go with your space. Yeah, I, I was going to debate, but I was like, okay, we've hemmed and hawed and teased enough. What we're talking about here is what's going on in the space industry amidst everything that's going on with COVID-19. So what's halted? What's going on with NASA, SpaceX, and several other places? So I took this from a lot of different articles and a lot of different press releases, mainly from space.com by articles, several articles by Tariq Malik, by Mike Wall, by Chelsea Gould, and by Megan Bartles. And I consolidated it into one. So Coupled with the fact that we haven't had a Gonna Geek show in two weeks, this list gets kind of extensive. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all this, and it's going to be a little longer than your normal news segment, but I wanted to go through it because I've talked about all this. And, you know, the entire country in the United States and soon to be Canada and, and really many parts around the world find itself right now in the middle of drastic actions to help mitigate the spread of COVID-19. We know that everyone listening to or watching this recording have been or likely will be affected by this pandemic, and the world space industry is not immune to all of this. And I cover this stuff, so I wanted to cover it for Gonna Geek of what's going on in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll start with NASA Ames, because that's really where it started in the space industry here in the United States. Now, NASA Ames is in the Silicon Valley region of California. And on Sunday, March 8th, 2020, NASA Ames announced a confirmed case of COVID-19 of an employee and subsequently ordered all employees to work from home. 
Since then, rising local orders to stay at home have kept NASA Ames in a lockdown or telework mode. Ames is not closed right now, but is acting in accordance with NASA's stage four response framework, which we'll talk later. On Monday, March 9th, Elon Musk announced at the Satellite 2020 conference that the Starship would still be built using stainless steel, but not from 301 stainless steel. SpaceX still has plans to start launching satellites using the Starship launch system next year on the road to a 2023 trip around the moon. Now, it is likely too early to assess. This is my assessment, by the way. It's likely too early to assess what impact COVID-19 will have on the Starship development timetable, if any. And if there's anybody that can speed up the timetable, Elon Musk can do that. I just hope it is safe. Moving on, on Saturday, March 14th, 2020, NASA Administrator Jim Bernstein urged all space agency employees who can work from home to do so due to the ongoing coronavirus outbreak, with workers at not one but two space centers testing positive for COVID-19. So in addition to the employee at NASA Ames, there was an employee at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama that also tested positive, and it sent that center into a mandatory telework status as well. And then just a few days later, on Tuesday evening, March 17th, NASA Administrator Jim Bernstein made the quote-unquote urge to telework an official order. So let me quote this, quote, Mission essential personnel will continue to be granted access on site. Please contact your supervisor as soon as possible if you have any questions, unquote. Now, NASA's response framework only goes up to stage four. All of the NASA facilities are at stage four. And at that final stage, no exceptions are made for mission essential personnel. All NASA facilities are closed except to protect life and critical infrastructure and all travel is suspended. So NASA has a stage where you have mission essential and then they have another stage, which is to accept to protect life and critical infrastructure. So their facilities will still maintain openness for that but will be closed for most missions. So that's going to impact things quite a bit. And we'll get to that later. On Thursday, March 19th, NASA Administrator Jim Bernstein announced that he was halting production and testing of its space launch system, a.k.a. SLS. It's a mega rocket and the Orion crew capsule, which is the deep space hardware designed to get astronauts to the moon and Mars. The temporary suspension is a response to the spread of COVID-19. NASA elevated its McLeod Assembly Facility in Louisiana and Stennis Space Center in Mississippi to stage four of the NASA's response framework due to concerns about the pandemic. So it has actually impacted the future development of the SLS and Orion. Now, meanwhile, NASA and SpaceX are still targeting mid to late May for the launch of Demo 2, which will send NASA astronauts Doug Hurley and Bob Behnken to the International Space Station aboard SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule. And this was via a NASA uh, address in advisory on Wednesday, March 18th. Although also in the statement, let me quote this, quote, NASA is proactively monitoring the COVID-19 situation as it evolves. The agency will continue to follow guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 
and the agency's chief health and medical officer and communicate any updates that may impact mission planning or media access as they become available, unquote. So basically what they're saying is we're still proceeding, but it might not happen in May. Meanwhile, NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy is ready for takeoff on April 9th for a six-month trip to the International Space Station, but while Cassidy is safe from contamination in a pre-flight quarantine in Star City near Moscow, the growing coronavirus pandemic is still having a major effect on his upcoming launch. There was a myriad of things that they went down, but a major change to pre-flight life as planned is that Cassidy cannot have his family come and watch him launch to space, saying, quote, I will have no launch guests at the Balkan or Cosmodrome, unquote. Cassidy was only able to have his wife, Julia, accompanying him to Star City as he prepares to fly. He said that, quote, it was real lucky opportunity, unquote, that he is able to have Julie there with him. Julie will see the launch if it goes on time. And finally, as many NASA centers switch to mandatory telework to confront the spread of COVID-19, NASA leadership acknowledged on March 20th that prize science missions may suffer delays and that the agency was prepared to make that trade in order to keep its employees safe. Among the missions affected is the James Webb Space Telescope, where work is now completely on hold. Uh, Associate Administrator Thomas Zerbruchin noted that different types of activities will be affected differently by the telework guidelines. Some work, like developing the requirements that missions must meet to be considered successful, is straightforward to do remotely. Constructing a spacecraft, on the other hand, is not. You can't do that remotely. Now, James Webb is currently in California, the governor of the state, on Thursday, March 19th, instituted mandatory restrictions, keeping the residents of California in their homes for the foreseeable future, except for essential errands. Now, the COVID-19 containment measures could also interfere with NASA's next Mars mission, which is scheduled to launch in July, and includes the Perseverance rover and an experimental helicopter. The main spacecraft is already in Florida, but pre-launch assembly is not yet completed, and the rover's power supply has not yet arrived. The NASA officials declined to comment on any further missions that are ongoing, but the Webb and the Mars mission were two of the big things that were discussed. So that's the wrap-up as I know it. There is things that are in flux. There are things that are definitely going to be held back. I mean, James Webb had a 12% chance of actually making its launch date anyway. Now you add in this coronavirus and they'll probably slip maybe a year or so. What concerns me is Mars, because if you missed that window to launch to Mars, you got to wait 26 months until the next window appears. So I don't know what they're going to do with that one, but they got to be ready to launch. We've had so many failures going to Mars that I don't want another, just personally, I don't want another failure where the spacecraft doesn't ignite in orbit and just flies right past Mars or worse yet, it bombs Mars because we just don't need that right now. So make sure everything works before it goes, but you've got international space station operations that are being impacted. You have future spacecraft development, which are definitely being impacted and may be impacted talking about starship. Lots of things are being impacted on this. And I know everybody listening to this, you are personally being affected. I get it. 
But since I cover this on a weekly basis, I just wanted to run down what was being impacted from the space industry standpoint. And we also don't want to bomb Mars because Suncast is vacationing there right now. <gasps> yes. A great place to vacation right now. Yeah. Hey, no coronavirus. Absolutely. So sounds good to me. <laughs> a few things. Uh, first, number one, uh, thank you very much for uh, for going through all this because I was curious about this when I heard about all of the the rapid change in North America with some of these these uh, delays uh, or some of the lockdowns and things like that. So I was curious how that had an impact on the space sector. Uh, some things that I want to mention. Uh, SpaceX, not talking about delays, just kind of avoiding the subject. Really weird to me. Uh, I have been an advocate for SpaceX quite a bit and have been impressed with a lot of things, but I've also expressed my concerns over the quietness in certain occasions. I think that it's very weird that we haven't heard about a... A plan on how the, the this is going to impact them and the delays. I will mention a couple of things here. First of all, in Elon Musk's uh, announcement on March eighth, that was before any of the lockdowns started to occur okay. here here in Fair. America. So he did not really know, and that is way off in the future. I mean, you're talking about a trip around the moon in 2023, so it, it's a few years off. He can make up some time there for the March the launch in. May, the way that the United States is right now is we don't know how long these lockdowns are going to last. So mm -hmm. there could still be a launch in May. I doubt it, though. I think we're talking August before things start to turn back. That's just my personal assessment. I don't know anything. I, I don't I don't have a time machine. I haven't gone into the future or anything like that. But that's just my guess is that you're talking late summer, early fall before things start to get back to normal. So that launch in May might be pushed off. And as we've been talking about, these manned launches to the ISS for both Boeing and SpaceX have been pushed back for safety reasons. Right. So this might actually give them some time to check some things as they wait. Fair enough. Um, the point about the astronaut makes a lot of sense. Why would you want to risk being uh, exposed to something? Uh, question for you on that, though. How long are they usually isolated uh, before, like? He was already in quarantine yeah. by the time that this started to come out. So they definitely want, uh, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but it's longer than 14 days. So okay. he's been in quarantine for some time. His launch is scheduled for April 9th and he was already in quarantine like a month prior. Fair enough. Uh, next point that I've got here, uh, James Webb telescope. Um, I believe you've been talking about this since episode one of the going to geek show. So it's just never really going to happen. I think that uh, it's just just a place for money to go. Uh, there's no well, actual project. Steven, the important thing is we have the Hubble for now. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. That's I true. I knew you were going to bring that one <laughs> up. And, and you know what? I, I can't argue with that right now because it's up there and Webb isn't. And Webb will likely not be up there probably for a year or two past its launch date. And the last point that I've got to mention right now uh, is you have just given away all of your credibility stargate pioneer because people are going to listen I had credibility you did have credibility but now you don't and the reason you gave it all away is because you said something to the effect of you can't tell a or uh, people who build spacecraft can't telework uh i will just tell you right now 
that uh, Mad Mike uh, very well worked at home. So uh, sorry, you're wrong. R.I.P. Mad Mike. You are incorrect. You very well could build spacecraft at home. I'm not sure we should be picking on the dead man right now. I'm not. I'm I'm citing him (laughs) as how you can build spacecraft at home. No, time out. I don't know if you can call what he built spacecraft because it (laughs) never made it up in the space. This is a fair point, actually. He never did make it to space. All right, okay. Not for lack of trying, but he no, never did. No, R.I.P. Mad Mike. I mean, seriously, he, he was a flawed individual, but he didn't deserve to go out like that. I guess you get to keep your credibility then, SB. There you go. Again, I had credibility. <laughs> uh, seriously, thank you for rounding all that up. Uh, I'm very curious to see what other changes we have coming around the corner. And what we might see like if you do have some of like that that may mission continue that may a launch continue what safeguards are we going to see with that are are we going to see like an entire uh like team dedicated quarantined isolated whatever um because it, it it's a supply mission in may right no it, you're talking about the first manned launch oh is that on in may these. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was in May. I thought that was the one later in the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there, there is a Boeing launch later in the year and SpaceX was supposed to go in May and they were kind of competing back and forth and they both had their safety issues as they went along. SpaceX was farther along. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm still interested to see. Uh, I, I suspect May won't happen, but if it does, it'll be interesting to see what extent they go to. I would guess that they would want to put those astronauts in quarantine now. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, are we going to see that? And and I would probably say more than the astronauts, right? Like, I would I would think that all of a sudden you're probably going to isolate some of the the team behind it. Yeah, you wouldn't want to divert the PPE that is needed in hospitals for NASA quarantine. Mm. It seems excessive to me. I would prefer them to use that PPE, the personal protective gear that's used in hospitals. I would prefer to see that in medical personnel rather than at NASA. So uh, NASA still has to quarantine their astronauts before they go up. It's for the protection of the astronauts that are currently on the International Space Station. It's not necessarily for just for the astronauts that are here on the ground. And These are things you have to think about when you're talking about multiple crews and crew changeover and stuff like that. You don't want somebody to get sick there and spike 105 degree temperature. I don't know how much worse COVID-19 might be in the International Space Station where you have a weightlessness environment and reduced immune capabilities of, of the astronauts because your immune system does decrease in its uh, ability to fight off infection when you're up there. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to put anybody in danger. So maybe, maybe they are in quarantine right now. I don't know. Yeah. Chris, anything you want to comment on this? I think you touched most everything I was thinking about, Steven. So no. Especially the part about SB's credibility. I had no comment in that regard. That's all you, Steven. Fair enough. No, well, seriously, thank you very much, SB, and I hope you'll keep us informed or abreast of future situations. I honestly don't think there's going to be a lot of announcements in the next week or so. This might be my last actual space news for a while because I just don't say, I know there's been space 
things going on internationally as well. Uh, you've got stuff going on on the moon and, and uh, other countries preparing for Mars launches and stuff like that. But I don't know what we'll cover here in the future for me. I'm, I might be relegated to talk biomedical stuff or something. We'll see. Fair enough. Well, before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Let's start off with Chris Farrell. Actually, yes. We decided this week on the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast that our next upcoming episode, while we're going through coronavirus and lockdown, would be suggestions of different kinds of entertainment or fun things you could do while you're effectively on lockdown. And we are calling that the Cabin Fever Playlist. So we are looking for feedback and suggestions from the rest of the Gunna Geek community. So if you are in the Gunna Geek Discord, please go to the general channel or the All Things Good and Nerdy channel and you can see a link there to a Google Doc we're putting together. Post your suggestions in that Google Doc or in either one of those channels and we're going to start covering those in future episodes of the podcast. So please give us your suggestions for our Cabin Fever playlist. And I do see Suncast says in the chat room, I assume Willie has already suggested Pornhub. I would not be shocked if he does say that for real though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So also... Uh- I think we need to disclose here that you're more than encouraged to come to the Discord and put your suggestions in there. However, there is like a 90 to 95% chance that Chris is going to hate your suggestions. So just make sure you're aware of that. No, no, no. That's only my shtick on this show. I don't hate it on any other show. I just have to live up to expectations here since Jazz is no longer here to hate on everything. It is now my solemn duty to hate on everything Steven suggests because it's just terrible. Makes sense. Uh, I suggest that you're a good podcaster. I can't argue with that. <laughs> That's See? actually a lie. I'm an average at best podcaster. There you I go. fully you acknowledge it. that. Good enough. Uh, SP, anything that you would like to plug or promote? I've got three things. First of all, enjoyed the beard, guys. It's going to go away between now and next week. Next time we record, it were to be a lot shorter. One of the two. So, yeah, SP's beard is going to go bye-bye here. Secondly, my sincere sympathies go out to anyone that is dealing with having to upgrade your spouse's or your significant other's laptop so that they can go telework. My sincere sympathies and the reason that I'm saying that is for the last two days that's been the bane of my existence and I understand the issues that you're going through. So So why don't you just buy a new Mac computer for? That's the trend now, isn't it? They're so delayed right now in shipments (laughs) on anything that I was lucky to get the upgrade components that I did in the timely manner that I did. You you lucked out. You don't have to buy another Mac because of that then. Well, I'm not going to buy one. Then my spouse is definitely going to buy one if that's what she wants. But I don't think that'll be an issue for the next couple of years. Question for you. Is this like uh, Tom Hardy bane of your existence? Is that what you're talking about? I, you know, I can't understand anything that Bane says, so I, I, I don't. Oh, it's delightful, isn't it, Steven? Just it's don't. most delightful. <laughs> that really was like what, like... <laughs> Probably the biggest screw up of um, like all modern superhero <laughs> films. Like, like I think it's you know there's been a lot of crappy films, but like true creative like screw up like the creative decision screw ups. I think that one's hard to top. It's still better than everything about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that one yet. Don't don't waste your time. And and we're kind of intentionally not watching it on Legends of Shield. The last thing that I want to say is my special project 
that I'm going to do while I'm at lockdown is I went around to the entertainment centers and I looked at the back of them because I was just trying to dust. Right. And I was just looking at these court snakes behind them going, oh, my God, I got to clean this stuff up. This is getting me anxiety. So I have several entertainment centers throughout the house. I got one in my workout room, got one in the basement living room. I got one in the great room and then one in the master bedroom. And I'm going to do some cord management. So if anybody has any tips on how to successfully do entertainment center cord management, I would sincerely appreciate your good advice because I'm kind of winging it right now. I've got some things in the hopper, but it's it's just going to be a long haul. And I'm grateful for this time that I have to actually do it because it's it's just a mess back there. Power cords suck. So hard to get clean. Totally. Uh, I want to just go ahead right now and uh, give a special shout out to the wonderful Suncast. So uh, about a week ago, before I got sick, I was looking to clean up some stuff in my den as I'm getting ready because I got a 3D printer. Uh, so that'll be a future project of mine. But anywho, um, I came across... Googly eyes. That's right. If you didn't remember, uh, Suncast a while back, many, many years ago, sent oh, me some, no. some googly <laughs> eyes. Then I came across the entire, the entire whole batch of googly eyes. And I texted him right away. I'm like, Suncast, look what I found. So I stuck a googly eye on the back of my mic flag. It was going to be his and my secret, but now I've just shared it with the world. So, uh, but Steven, do you have lollipops? I don't have lollipops, but you know, these googly eyes float around. I lose them for a year or two. Then they come back and I laugh. And so they're back again. And who knows what the future will bring with the googly eyes. So special shout out and plug to Suncast for googly eyes. There you go. <laughs> On that note, for episode well 325, of the official goodygeek.com show. I'm Stephen John Drew saying, yep, we're in lockdown, but somehow our podcast is going to get crappier. And I'm SP saying, I look forward to seeing everybody next week. And I'm Chris Farrell. And I hate googly eyes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of the official gunnageek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunnageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunnageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. <laughs>